0: What do you do, the Delusional Soccer Podcast? What do you do, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association? We need to start in in a in a place where I need to apologize for. Uh, Failing to edit the last podcast, uh, to where you only you got the uh, the stereo split sound, where Jared was coming out on one side and I was coming out the other, I think I'll edit it this week, so that it's not not happening again. Fix it. I mean, I could, I could. I think I will fix it this week. Mm -hmm. No promises. Okay. And like I told you when you when you pointed out to me that that's how I uh, had posted the episode, it was like. I did think to myself while editing, wow, this was really quick. there, there are worse ways to mess up and edit. so yeah yeah. And uh, if you want to hear the worst ways, why don't you check out another Ilto8 podcast Banana Land? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. are you uh, recording again tonight for Banana Land? Uh uh-huh. maybe it's possible this might be this might be Il- Tuesday might be Ilto eight day because we got uh, keep the banter. I got a text, Sal. I wave. might actually be flaking on him, but he has another guest, mm. so um, I need. I don't have time to watch whatever he wants me to watch, so um, we'll see. No. Um, but we have a lot to get to. There's, of course, yesterday was transfer deadline day. Of course, uh, this weekend, totally normal. Totally com- normal results in the nothing week. Nothing <laughs> weird is going on in the world at this moment, and all the. Soccer results are completely reflecting normal. that. Yeah. <laughs> um Aston Villa did, didn't score seven or anything against yeah. Liverpool. Now, where did we what was the question we asked ourselves last week? We were taking a look at Chelsea and Crystal Palace. Um, oh right. Okay. And uh I am gonna say Chelsea got the uh got the better of them there. Yeah, uh, it's too bad.
1: Just a bit, bit.
0: yeah. Um, so that's what—that's the question we were asking ourselves. Of course, we'll, we'll talk about another Jose Mourinho return to Old Trafford and how that went. We'll get into some of the biggest deadline day deals. But we have to start somewhere um, unexpected. And that is the news. Well, I'm glad that we're recording now and not last night because good news has broken this morning regarding this. But Arsenal yesterday made the decision, before they decided to uh, trigger the release clause of Thomas Partey um, for 45 million pounds, they decided to sack Gunnersaurus. They've already made a lot of scouts at the club redundant, um, and they did the same with the mascot, with the man inside of the costume, um, which he's been... He's been the mascot. It's been the same guy in the costume since '93, when um was, you know, first created. Mm-hmm. So the club said, I, "I listen. I don't know how much this guy makes a year, but I cannot imagine it's uh, that that they got the parte uh, release clause money from getting rid of him." Yeah, ar- I mean, Arsenal's timing for a lot of this stuff has been weird Bad. like the, the yeah it's like hey we laid off what how many employees 55 55 employees uh but we signed william yeah to, uh, to a insane, three-year deal <laughs> a three-year deal insane contract yeah. um and then again the thomas parte deal uh you know I guess it's more of like, hey, like maybe, maybe don't lay off your mascot, your famous iconic mascot on transfer deadline day. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're planning on buying anything. Definitely not a good one. Definitely not a good Uh, look. Um, um, And so the whole thing with like it, it not that it dominated. it, It also depends on who you follow, but like a lot of the stuff that you're seeing on social media on deadline day when there's big money moves happening is. Gunnar Now the the Champions League Twitter account uh, said, "Who do you want your club to sign on transfer deadline day?" And Sevilla replied with it with a picture of Gunnar Right. Um. So everyone's really getting involved there. Um. And then this morning, the news just broke that uh, Mesedozoil has told the club he will reimburse the club for the salary of the man in in the costume. Now. How did we get here? How did we get here? So, first, let's assess this. In It's it's crazy that we're assessing this. But first, let's assess this in the most important way. That Ozil has not said that, hey, guy that we fired, I'm going to pay you your salary. No. He is saying, Arsenal, I am going to reimburse you. So, they have to bring this guy back and pay him. And then Ozil will pay the club. But um, the thing is, if the, the club the club can afford yes to pay him yes they can afford to pay him yeah. it's not a matter of whether or not they can afford it uh that so that's where it gets a little the waters get a little muddy because yeah. it's like with the, uh, they're going what are they going to say they're going cl- as a club who can co- totally afford it they're going to be like okay yeah we accept your reimbursement we'll take him back in even though we can afford it anyway and we can probably afford to pay those 55 employees, too. Yeah, yeah, we'll let them come back, and you can you can pay us back. Yeah, now... Because that's a bad look as well. Now, there's people on Twitter... I So, I just got off the phone with Brother Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's people on Twitter saying, like, oh, this is a bad look from Ozil. God. When will that guy get a break? How... So, how... I would like to... It, excuse me? What it, it... What it... He he's always going to have his critics. Yes. No matter what. The guy's offering to pay a man's salary. a club who is clearly not handling things in the best way. Um, he's challenging them. But how is it... Do they, do they, like, it's just a bad look because what? He's calling out his club? that Yeah, that because doesn't he's play going him? against the club. So... What do you mean? Going against a club that he doesn't play for. It doesn't matter. So, I don't know why people are so um, quick to defend billionaires. Um, But the point that Nick wanted me to stress is that your favorite sports team, your favorite soccer club, is still a corporation. That is true. Stan Kroenke owns fucking Arsenal. He is a billionaire. He just built a $5 billion stadium in Los Angeles. He can afford to pay the man in a dinosaur costume. Mm Mm-hmm. Look, we've seen seen the right way to do to handle this situation. We've seen it. You know, uh, like Chelsea, for instance. They let the NHS use its hotel for free. Mm Mm-hmm. No furlough, staff paid in full, provided meals to the needy, had one of the best transfer windows simultaneously while not laying anyone off and ha- and helping people out. Obviously, you can get into the argument of who has more money or what like that, but the the thing is, our they all have they the money. all have some. <laughs> <laughs> um, they got a lot. Yeah. So the like, we you look at you did the math on the on the William transfer and how much that cost, and then you tied it into what the fifty five employees' yeah. salaries cost, and it's like. Weird timing. Um, yeah. So now, before we get to some of the you know the actual transfers and some of the results from the past weekend, it's important to look at some of the some of the other uh, you know Twitter bans that we we saw because of Gunnersaurus. And first, looking at uh, Michi Batshuai, um <laughs> posting a picture of him and the Belgian mascot. Uh, say this is how you treat your mascot someone responded you've been a mascot at the club at the clubs you've been in the last five years you should know well and he responded said I'll take the L here but Twitter knows yeah um, and then uh, Lee Dixon where is that one I've got it right yeah, he said like the three most important people in his life or figures in his career three biggest influences on my football career one my dad two George Graham three Gunnersaurus hashtag bring him back um I believe uh Men in Blazers Guttersaurus died so Thomas Partey could live. It's just like I, I cannot believe that we've we've reached this point. Twenty twenty is the weirdest. It's not just the worst. It's the yeah. absolute weirdest time to exist. Mm-hmm. And on that, let's let's move on to uh unless you have some more uh points to make. No, no. Now, bring her back. I'll let you dictate here. Uh, you want to talk about some of the matches at the weekend, or do you want to get into some transfers? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see, like, if are the transfers... No, let's get into... Let's... Let's do the matches first. Okay. Transfers are the things that happened most recently, so we'll talk about the matches, and then the transfers will kind of be like, all right, here's things, how they stand now. Um, and then we can get to, you know, stock up, stock down. Yeah. So let's talk real quick about, um, I did say we were looking at, you know, Crystal Palace had a good start to the season, and Chelsea slipped up. Uh, the second half for Chelsea, they scored four goals against Palace. Uh, ben Chilwell, Kurt Zuma, and two from Jorginho, um, which means that Chelsea wasted a lot of money on forwards, it seems. I, yeah, I don't we don't know. need them. We I don't know score. if they're ever going to fucking score a goal, but... Uh, you got four from your defensive midfield. Of course, two were penalties. But um, a Georginio has a leading. Georginio is the leading scorer yeah. uh, on Chelsea right now. But that's just because it's a season of so many penalties. Everyone's getting penalties. and he's, yeah. If he's on the pitch, he's going to take them. Yeah, and um, it's big for Eduard Mendy to get his Premier League debut in and keep a clean sheet. Um, but also... The, so the, I'm watching this game and there, this is before the deadline and like Jorginho's taking these penalties. And I'm like, oh my God, is he going to score these goals and then side for Arsenal on deadline day? Like, cause those, <laughs> those, rumors surfaced. those were the Yeah. Those are the rumors. Cause it was unclear whether or not you guys were going to get the targets you wanted. Yeah. Um, but both times Jorginho, Jorginho is the penalty taker. That's <laughs> undisputed. Timo Werner wanted the first one. Right. jorginho uh said no then tammy abraham picked up the ball in the second one and it took as to take the ball out of his hands and complaining <laughs> i don't i do not understand why players do this when they it's very clear like i get that the manager's all the way over on the sideline so he right he he's gonna give it to you after the game he's gonna Right. Give you a problem for it after the game, but right in this moment you want your goal. And I it's good that you have players that are confident, but it's very selfish to know that you're not the 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 team's penalty taker and mm. to try to take it away from Jorginho. Yeah, and I think I mean there's a little bit of it, you know, he had says there was the second penalty of the game, Chelsea are up three 0 it's kind of all done and dusted. What's the harm in letting someone else take it? Uh like I know when that when that happened I, I badly wanted Werner to take it, the second yeah. one, just because and I think he did want it too, because I think he's the first one you see having a conversation with Tammy as he has it before mm-hmm. you know Jorginho steps up and Aspillaqueta does a good job, comes in and says no. Yeah, does it? He does exactly what you want your captain to do. Exactly, uh, and you know it's Lampard said after the the game that it's it's been all it's all sorted out, you know. But in that situation, the players know. Jorginho takes it unless we have someone on a hat trick. If Jorginho's on, he's our penalty taker. You know, we had the issue. There was it. it seems so long ago, but there was the stuff last year with, with Chelsea and penalties and Ross Barkley t- taking one off of someone and missing it and stuff like that. But uh, things are yeah, looking I mean, up for him, though. Don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but you know, I I, 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 totally get it. Like it wasn't, and it wasn't a huge issue. Like once Asiluquanta came in, you know, it wasn't like it became a big, big thing. He gave it up. Uh, rightfully so. But, like, you get it, you know, especially especially with, like, with the striker, you want to get off the mark for the season. You want to keep scoring goals, keep that confidence up. Uh, you know, you, like, the, the reason I wanted Werner to take it because, you know, it's, okay, get him his first Premier League goal. Let's get him Let's get him rolling. Because especially when he's been out playing out wide, he hasn't looked as likely to score um, as opposed to when they've played him up top. But the right thing was done. Aspilicuanta comes in. Georginio takes it and he gets his brace. There you go. And now let's uh, let's stay um, on this Saturday matches real quick and talk um, about Man City's draw with Leeds United, one one at Ellen Road. Um, Sterling in the seventeenth minute scores for City, um, and you know at that point you think, okay, they'll be fine. They you know Leeds are a they're a team that fights hard, but you know City get their goal within the first twenty minutes. Usually from that spot they. They push on and win, but um, Rodrigo scored in the 59th minute. It was a a, that set up, you know, a a very exciting final half hour, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, at the end of this, Leeds ended up out possessing Man City 52 to 48, um, which is very weird. Yeah, I think if there's one club that I expect to um, dominate possession week in week out, it's Manchester City, but Mm -hmm. um, they outshot. Leeds 23 to 12 but on target it, you know, Man City took 23 shots and only put two on target um, Leeds took 12 and put seven of those on target but there was periods after that 59th minute goal we have a you know just over a half hour left to play and for about the first 15 minutes of that it was Leeds United that looked like they were gonna get the right. second goal then boom 75th minute halfway point in in that little uh in that little time slot, it just switched. City were were the team that looked dominant. But it's still, no matter what, the game was just wide open for, for right. in the second half. And a really exciting match. But um, my thoughts were, well, if City want to win the league, they cannot have results back-to-back like this. And then <laughs> as we turn to Sunday... <laughs> <laughs> Shit hit the fan. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean city's City's stock continues to drop. It's yeah. they were they were one of the teams we focused on last week, um when they got hammered by Leicester and now uh to to not get the win against Leeds to bounce back. Uh troubling times for Manchester City, mm-hmm. especially as a team that I think we both predicted to win the league this year. Yeah. Um and it just especially looking around at the league and seeing how good Some of the other teams are doing. There's a lot that that top four right now, on the outlook of the top four, it's getting very crowded. Um, and you know we'll get into the the two big results that we're about to get into that plays into that as well. Like it's going to be very interesting to see how these how this shapes up. Yeah. Uh, so the other results on Saturday, Newcastle beat Burnley three one. Everton got their fourth win in a row um, to start the season seven in all competitions four two over Brighton. Um, and they are currently our league leaders, but unfortunately, because of what happened elsewhere, uh, they don't get as big of a mention. Now, um, early on on Sunday, I see West Ham three, Leicester nil, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe Leicester beat city by three goals and then lost. And I thought, okay, this is obviously as crazy as the results are going to get today. And boy, West Ham big win. Was (laughs) I wrong? Um. So the matches that don't matter. Southampton 2, West Brom nil, Arsenal 2, Sheffield 1, Wolves 1, Fulham nil. And now we get... Totally standard. The now, standard, yeah. Yeah, totally results that you could, could expect. Score yeah. lines that are, uh, you know, n- completely normal. And then Old Trafford, um, things get interesting. Tottenham Hotspur, six. Manchester United, one. A Bruno Fernandez penalty in the second minute. Big fucking surprise. Um, gives United the early lead. Uh, Tangi Ndabale scores in the fourth minute. Juan McSudd scores in the seventh. Kane in the thirtieth. No, so, so, uh, Martial sent off in the twenty eighth. What did you think about that before we get on to the.
1: This um, actual
0: scoreline. F- yeah, he should be sent off for that. Do you think that Lamella should also be? But Lamella, they sh- they need to look and see what what Lamella does because it's, I I think it felt pretty one sided. Yeah. But like yes, obviously. I think Anthony Taylor needs to be at the it. So we didn't even get like a confirmed VAR check for it. Um, right. I think that one Anthony Taylor needs to be over at the video video board to see what happened because. And there was another one too. Yeah. They have uh, Eric Bailly Luke. stepping on uh, Gary, Gary, Harry Kane's Achilles. Good old Gary Kane, yeah. Um, Gary Kane. And that's one where I, my opinion is he knows what he's doing there. Yeah, but absolutely. he is the only one who actually knows. But the, the more I watch that replay, the more I'm like, yeah, he absolutely sees what he's doing. I don't doing. even think they looked at it. No, they that's didn't. That's the thing. They that's my issue. Like, at then, least look at it. And then late in the game, Luke Shaw should have been sent off. Manchester United easily could have been down to eight men. Um Jeez. what did, I did. Lucas Mora is running um down the wing. He pokes the ball forward to get around Shaw, mm-hmm. and the ball is about at, at least five yards ahead of both of those players, and Luke Shaw slides in and takes Lucas Mora out and only gets a yellow card. And it like it seems like the referee was kinda like this has gotten bad enough. Yeah, but, that's say. Um, so, you know, it ended up being two goals from Sun, two from Kane, uh, Serge Aurier got on the score line. Um, That's when you, when you lose to you can't lose a game and concede to Serge Aurier, like the same, Yeah, it's like, oh, it's forgivable you won the game, or it was a draw, but like Serge. Serge and Tangy scored, so, uh. The Tang, can we go into the Tangy goal? The Harry Maguire masterclass of tackling Luke Shaw in the box. Absolutely insane. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, Luke Shaw doesn't necessarily see everything that's going on. He's focused on the ball. He, like, goes down and does, like, this, like, calling for, like, the ref to do something. Yeah. But, like, when you watch the replay, it's like, does anyone want to tell Luke Shaw that it was Harry Maguire that took him down? Yeah. Um, so here's my take on Harry Maguire if someone spent 30 million pounds on him, they would be overpaying. He is not even close to. And it's it's tough because a player shouldn't be judged on the fee, considering they didn't set that price tag. So, right. I'm not judging him on the fee. I'm Which judging him on a much, Lester, I'm judging him yeah. on a much fucking lower fee. He is yeah. he is an atrocity. He is just. Every, it seems weird that on deadline day, United let Roma, um, pay fifteen for uh, Chris Smalling. I know he spent the season on loan at Roma last season. Um, but if you concede six to Spurs, you don't bring in a center back on deadline day, and you let a guy who is not the let's let's be clear, Chris Smalling is not the answer to all their problems. But you need something, yeah. Because Harry Maguire and and Eric Bai is the partner as a partnership not cutting it. When it's Harry Maguire and it's and Lindelof, it's just not it's not doing it. Yeah, something's gotta be gotta be worked out. Um, yeah, I don't know what, because because McGuire seemed a decent defender when they got him. Yes, you know the, he's a presence. English. He's big, right? But um, he's an English David Luiz. English David Luiz. Okay. Yeah, I mean. With with less passing ability, yeah. So I don't, know, yeah, I don't know if that's the best comparison, just because they don't play the same way. But no, but yeah, they, but I they, they make mistakes the same way. They make, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh, and it goes into like question of maybe like was like the system, the setup is different. Maybe at Leicester or any of the other clubs that he was um, playing at, and it's just not working at United, or you know, maybe he was paired with. A better partner but like right now whether it was by or um or Lindelof it just it just doesn't seem like a confident pairing uh and overall just Manchester united just i don't i don't know what happened like the bruno fernandez effect seemed so drastic and so positive at the end of last season and it just it is it it's faded away just as quickly. It's, well, it's remember not... the the bounce they got when they brought in Solchar after they sacked um, Mourinho. So they got a bounce, and right. then things started to taper away. And then they brought in Fernandez, and they got a bounce. Right now, with the the squad they have, they need they need someone to provide that bounce. I don't think it's Edison Cavani and Alex Telles. I think Telles is a good start. Uh, Considering it means you don't have to play Luke Shaw, but um, mm-hmm. I am very much questioning the moves they made on deadline day, and we'll we'll dive into that a bit in just a second. But um, you think six one Spurs United? That's as weird as it gets. Let's uh, watch Liverpool get this win against Aston Villa, and her uh, day our day's over, right? Sure. <laughs> Aston Villa. Seven. Liverpool two. Yeah. Who? Uh, Villa scored first in this game, right? Yeah. Ollie, I remember you. Ollie you Watkins. And, Ollie Watkins, you te- in the what, like the fourth minute? Yeah. I remember Adrian you texted me like. Giveaway. Yeah. Um. You were you texted me, said, "Do you see what's going on in this game?" Or you called me. She was going on in this game. I said, "Well, last I checked, it was one 0 Villa." But when I saw that, I was like, "Okay, one 0 Villa. That happens. Liverpool are gonna bounce back and." Uh, And you're like, it's 4-1. It was 4-1 at halftime, correct? Yes, it was. 4-1 at halftime. uh, 7-2. Full-time. Well, let me just say it. The two main stock downs I had this week. Manchester United. Liverpool. I'm going to get into it right now because we're already talking about it. Yeah, It wouldn't be right if you had said anything different. Right. I you know, City I, made their case on Saturday and were completely forgotten by the time Sunday's matches were over. Right. Uh Liverpool obviously our last the last table I had them in first after their their win, they coming off their win against Arsenal. Um and obviously City's drop. Liverpool were top of the table for me. Uh to lose 7-2 to a club that was one point away from relegation last year. To give up seven goals. To give up seven has goals. Has never been done by a defending champion. Yeah, uh, It's the most they've given up in the Premier League era. Um, the only other time they've gotten close was they lost 6-1 to Stoke City in Steven Gerrard's final game. Yeah. But j- 7-2. You can't, like, I, I can't imagine. It's like... So it's it's a long season. It's only three drop points. They're still three off first. They're tied you know, everyone from second to fifth has nine points. It's one game, you know. Yeah. It's but it's it I can't like looking at you know, past seasons of title winning campaigns, I don't think I've seen anything like it where it's like yeah, this team went on to win the league. Remember that seven-two loss that no. season? Like it just doesn't. You know those two don't it, go together. Like it's the biggest thing where is, where you know the team is qualified for the top four, but right. Like, like, but yeah, team. but like seven-two, and like we're gonna like the the thought of us talking about that in a title-winning campaign, I just don't see it. So like their stock has to go down because now it like I'm starting to think this team isn't going to. To defend because you know after the first couple of games I thought okay Liverpool look kind of look good like they they yeah. might and City don't so like it might be Liverpool's year again yeah maybe and maybe we were wrong and now I'm like I don't know what to think I have no yeah because I mean you know you've seen like the one thing I one big thing I always look back at it's like the Chelsea Arsenal three nil defeat then but then Antonio Conte switched it up and that was the narrative they I mean, yeah it was three huge game. it was three nil at halftime he switched halftime. it up at halftime and then. You went right. on to win like thirteen in a row, or whatever. Yeah, like that's not like this is seven two. Yeah, like seven so, two. They don't have Allison for another like it. He could be month. out. Up, he could be out up to eight weeks. Eight weeks, saying, two months. It could be two, two months, shoulders. and, and we have talked about Adrian. I think I was higher on him before this game than you were. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's just just a careless mistake. Yeah. It's one of the most casual passes I've ever seen. Uh, It's the same thing that it's close to being—actually, this one's worse, but it's a similar mistake as to um, the goal he gifted to Atletico Madrid in the game that absolutely should not have happened in March. But also, Uh, like—because he can make some good saves. The the FA Cup last year against Chelsea, he had a nice save, and then Chelsea got the ball back and, like, shot it again immediately, and it just bounced off him and went in. So it's like he can make those saves, but then there's also those lapses in judgment. And also, I think it's so underrated uh, what a goalkeeper does to command a back line, yeah. and what Allison brings to that Liverpool defense. Because yeah. without him, this is we're talking Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah. We're talking. I know there we talk about uh, Robertson and Alexander Arnold more in an attacking sense for what they bring, but we're talking about Virgil Van Dyke, who you know was up for the Ballon d'Or one year. And to be in a defense that loses 7-2. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's wild. Adrian makes Kepa look like Neuer. He really, like... Adrian is just... He's just not, he's not scouse, good. He's scouse. Yeah. Scouse Kepa. Yeah. Um, so, Ollie Watkins has a hat trick. Jack Grealish, who just signed a new long-term deal, has gets two. John McGinn gets one. Ross Barkley gets one. Now, it... Is worth mentioning that three of these goals were deflected. But yeah, Liverpool, so many deflections. You, you let them in. in. I've never it. The deflections were literally the most perfect deflections I've ever. It, especially on the Grealish and the uh, the Barkley. Barkley, work, who did it go off of Trent Alexander Arnold and I just so. curls into the top corner. Yeah. it's it's incredible and it's huge for Barkley because he just joined on loan from Chelsea. He's a lifelong Everton fan. he never he, Obviously, never beat Liverpool when he was in an Everton shirt because Everton never beat Liverpool. But we're going into an international break right now, and the first match for Liverpool coming back is Everton. We is have a right? Merseyside derby, and I think Everton finally have an actual chance to beat Liverpool. Yeah. Um, now, Mo Salah scored twice. I texted you after the first one. It was his hundredth goal in English football. And then after the second one, they said, oh, that's his 99th goal in, for Liverpool. <sighs> I'm like, oh, my, he was that bad at Chelsea? He barely played. He played, yeah. he, you know he scored? He, I think he, he scored. He played, I six, think, 13 league games total. He scored in the 6-0 game against Arsenal. You, yeah, He scored the 6th. I don't remember what his other goal was, but yeah, <laughs> he, he barely played. Barely played for him. Yeah. Now <laughs> you mentioned that you know you don't you never see this result, and the team goes on to win the title. Now, Arsenal lost at Old Trafford eight two, um, way back. Not way back. I mean, within the last decade, but um, I think it was two thousand eleven, and it was right before the deadline. And they brought in Per Mertesacker, and Mikel Arteta. Two panic buys that. Hey, it's working out for you right have now. Have shaped the club because is Sacker part Mertesacker, of the club right now? He runs the academy. Okay, yeah, so they're so both part. Yeah, they're so. they're two key figures at the club now. So yeah, say what you gotta say. There might have been panic buys, but those players they so won trophies. Look, and, look some uh, panic buys turn out to to work out. You know, yeah, um, whether the player surprises you or obviously you have them in your setup still today. Yeah, so yeah, um, so. This I, I I don't know how to wrap up Aston Villa seven Liverpool two. I don't know how to bring this to a close because I do. I just keep looking at it and I'm like I, I can't figure it out. Here's what I'll say. Aston Villa, stock up. Stock up, baby. They we had kept them I had kept them low on the table just because they played a couple games. They were still behind on everyone. that hadn't really been tested truly. Uh, who who they played at the beginning of the season?
1: maybe Sheffields
0: uh, let me just uh, look at who they've you know so like there was they had they had won their first two games but it wasn't like oh yeah this is Sheffield 1-0 Fulham 3-0 right so nothing both of those teams struggling two of the teams at the bottom right now uh-huh. uh, so I didn't want to give them too much stock just yet I wanted to see them go up against the bigger side 7-2 for Liverpool stock way up. I got them plus 9 points, plus 12 from the start of the season. Uh, They're up. Right now, They're I have them on my table. They're in and around 7th, 8th. They're around that Europa League area where we have them as it stands. I mean, right now, they're actually second in the table uh, yeah. with a goal difference of 9, they're whereas second Liverpool in the are table at 0. With, yeah, second in the table with a game in hand. With a game in hand. Yeah, they have not lost yet. Uh, and that's just like... No, there's that. It looks like the transfer... They've, they've been much better oh, in the transfer market than uh, last season. A fantastic transfer window for for Villa. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we're not going to talk about them when we get into the transfers because we're pretty much going to focus on those deadline day deals. But before um, we get there, let, you know, $20 million for Emmy Martinez. They brought in Matty Cash from Nottingham Forest, who was absolutely fantastic against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, the the loan to get Barkley in is huge. They spent money on Ali Watkins. He's already repaying that uh repaying that now. They brought in uh, the former Chelsea Academy graduate, uh Bertrand Traore, Triore, so they have another attacking option in him. All right. Um it it there's no reason to not be excited. They were very good after the restart. Um and you could say that they got a bit lucky with that gold line technology gaff. But um, they ended up, you know, getting a win over Arsenal, um, and that ended up being huge in them staying in the Premier League and now winning their first three matches. Yeah, exactly. They have they had nine wins last year. They're a third of the way to how many wins they had last year. It's Jared. I'm just it's it's the Emmy Martinez effect. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. He's already. Look, he, that's a big yeah. You Arguably about, the you, best goalkeeper at Arsenal. Yeah. You you talked uh, about and now he's at, at you Villa. talked about commanding the back line. I he's a guy that that is going to be able to do that very well at at Villa. Yeah. He also just seemed like the thing with Emmy Martin is he he's just especially right now, whenever I watch him I'm always he just seems like such a, a force in front of that goal. And he's just he's he so just, big he just is so calm. Yeah. Uh, I think he, that that is that that's going to be one of the better signings, one of the more underrated signings of of the window, just because it, it didn't make that much noise. It was a quiet quiet transfer. Uh, yeah, like there should have been more clubs in for him. Everton probably should have spent some money on him because Jordan Pickford is a liability. But all right, and Everton actually just got someone. I think at the at yeah the they deadline. signed someone from Roma on loan. So hopefully, I don't think that's you know someone who's going to come in and. Take it's a competition, place, but it's, it's it's someone need, to push him on. Yeah, which they, at the very least, they needed. Uh, so, let me, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at stock up, stock down, because I've kind yeah, of given it away Yeah, I was going to say, before three. before we take a break, I want that last stock up. It's Everton. I gave it some time. They, they slowly rose up the table. They haven't really had them go up too much in the past week, but it's just sort of been gradual. Uh, I, it's time to take to really take notice because this team, you know, they're sitting at the top of the table. I know it's only four games. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that's probably what our leadoff. I don't know what you're what you're going to say, but like our leadoff question might be something. If I were to pick, would be let's see if they can finally get a win. An uh, emergency derby. Uh, it's going to be huge. Yeah, uh, that game. Uh, it this is just an exciting team. Carlo Ancelotti is an excellent manager. Um, he's got the pieces now. So like it it uh, it was it was almost weird when he first when he went to Everton because he was such a big name. But yeah, there was the questions like oh, is he kind of fading away from the game? Kind of like the arc the questions we've had about Mourinho in certain mm-hmm. years, certain seasons. Uh, right now, those seem like dumb questions because you look at what Tottenham have been able to do at the start of the season, uh, what they did to Manchester United and now you're looking at Everton top of the table with an excellent midfield. Decore was always going to be a great signing for Everson. Um, I think there was multiple times where they were in for him and he just didn't leave Watford. Obviously mm-hmm. the Watford relegation allows him to go there, but he that's that's a good level for him at Everton, and he's going to be an an, under, an underrated piece in that midfield. But Thomas Rodriguez, I mean, he someone I saw somewhere it was like someone must have told Thomas Rodriguez that the Premier League is the twenty fourteen World Cup because he's just he's he's <laughs> balling, he's playing good, and like it, it's so, I, it's so stupid, I love it. I know. I, I also kind of want to look back and just see how much he played for these bigger clubs that he was at because I feel like he wasn't playing all that much. But now that he's at Everton, he's not going to not play for Everton. It's yeah. Everton and it's Thomas Rodriguez. So now that he's playing and he, it has taken him no time to, to start bossing this league. Uh, he's been excellent so far. Calvert Lewin with six goals, him and son are at the top right now. Yeah. Um, uh, that, and that, that's going to be interesting for euros for, yeah. for, England, for, uh, that, that England set up, uh, I feel like that's the thing. I feel like with English forwards, it's always like, dude, they're so good, and then you put them in England side, and they're like they're not as good when they're not playing with like yeah, when well, they're uh, not playing they're, with with uh, they're great with their uh, either you know excellent uh, European midfielder or South American midfielder, you know like our, yeah Spanish but it's like oh they don't yeah they have uh, Eric Dyer and Jordan Henderson passing to them yeah now. This game also, uh, Richarlison went off injured in the 25th minute. I don't know the, um, the details of that injury. Um, but Alex Wobey came on. He got an assist. But I think um, that if, if Richarlison will be healthy for that Merseyside Derby, um, uh, Ancelotti will be much, much more confident going into that game. So hopefully they can get him back on the pitch. Where is it? Is it at Goodison or Anfield? Let's find out. Because listen, we're gonna get into the transfer things. I'm gonna. I'm already giving you what you're looking forward to. It's the. It's Ken Everton. Finally, do it. You're you're very much right. It's at Goodison, Saturday, um, October the seventeenth. It is. Ah, it's a tough one for you, man. It's a seven thirty Eastern kickoff. <sighs> I was up, I was able to get up, for Chelsea's four thirty. Yeah, so but that's that was the, just I, that's woke the up, was, yeah, I, I woke up. It was yeah. I woke up. It was four forty-five, and I was like, "Oh, I'm awake." I might as well watch Chelsea. Yeah, the problem is for you that if you want to wake up to watch the Merseyside Derby, you're you're going full into it because Chelsea then play in the next time slot. So right, so I can't go to sleep right afterwards. Yeah, you can't you can't take your uh, your sad nap. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that's what we're gonna keep an eye on. Ken Carlo Ancelotti finally um you know break this hoodoo that's been over the blue half of merseyside but um we'll take a quick break now and uh we'll take a look at some of the biggest deadline day transfer moves um really butchering this one nice Back after this Do you enjoy forms of entertainment that usually take 90 to 120 minutes to complete? Do you expect that time frame to include moments of sheer drama, utter heartbreak, or end-to-end action? No, we're not talking about the 2017 FA Cup Final. We're talking about the movies. movies. On Cue the Banter, Jared and I talk about our favorite movies and try to get each other to watch those movies. And we try to convince you to watch those movies as well. Add them to your queue and let the banter ensue. Cue the banter, an ILTO-8 podcast. Enjoying Footy You Do? If you're a fan of Zach and Jared's, you're going to love another ILTO-8 production, Banana Land. Each week, we'll talk about socially dystopian topics that are sure to get you talking. Topics like the Mandela Effect, what your tombstone will say, or even the origins of mankind. There's something for everyone. Sounds interesting, right? Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and stream wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. As you scroll on Twitter to see if any major people in the world have died, which is a normal thing in 2020, we need to get into some of the biggest deadline day deals. A free transfer to Manchester United. You think it's a panic buy for uh, them to bring in Edison Cavani from from PSG jar? Yeah. Because I fucking do. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, PSG didn't want him. It was what? It was a free transfer and a contract. Uh uh but they don't really have a striker. Who's their striker? At United? Up? Yeah. They Opie use, Marcia, they use Martial, Martial as their striker. And right. then when he gets sent off, they use Rashford. Yeah. So like, they don't really have an out-and-out striker. But, I mean, Mason Greenwood can play striker. They they have now four they... forwards who can play striker. And also winger. Yes. Yeah, I don't... But, like, do you think... It, it's not like Cavani just gets into this team it, it, do you really think that he gets into this team they take Greenwood out and like Martial plays on the wing or they take out, Martial out and well you need Rewis the depth hit, like, but I mean I don't yeah on a consistent basis is he continuing to take these guys out probably not uh, he's 33 years old how often do players else- come to the Premier League at 33 and light it up like there was talk when Messi was I moving mean, to Man City You're like oh he's 33 can he do it like, I mean, Thiago Silva got a clean sheet against Jared, Crystal Palace. Did you see him? I, did you see? Did you see him against West Brom? Hey, uh, did he lose? Fair. Kept a clean sheet in the second half. Fair. <laughs> Fair. No, uh, he. Yeah, I, you don't. You don't see like I mean, it's going to be similar to the Ibrahimovic side. They're just getting leftover PSG forwards. Yeah. Uh, which in ten years' time they could how get how much they how much ten years' they could get a thirty year old Mbappe, yeah. How um, much are they paying him? Thirty year old Mbappe probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Cavani. They are. Let me take a look to see if his salary is being reported on transfer marked. Um, because I heard do, do talk like to okay, him? you're gonna are you you're paying him that much? Are you gonna start him like you would like you, like? And they were comparing it to Ibrahimovic and how much he was being paid. Look, it's a panic buy. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not seeing the money that he's getting paid. It's it's a panic buy. It's a one year deal, um, an option f- for a yeah. for a second year. He gets the number seven shirt at United, which not going to work. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's 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 going to be Falcao. He's going to be f- <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going probably be foul. not. Probably not. He'll be better. I think maybe he'll be better. I, I, he's old. I don't know. It's a panic buy, of course. But like, what else were they going to do? They weren't going to get anyone huge they right now. They botched they everything with Jaden Sancho. They lost 6-1 to Tottenham. Yeah. Not good. Not but good they need all. to sort their back line out. Because, I mean, look, as as rough as Chelsea's defense looked last year, they yeah. went a man down at halftime against Liverpool and only lost that game 2-0. Manchester United at home against Tottenham. They lost yeah. 6-1. It's a uh, It's a... It's just a collapse there. They they need to. There's so many other things they need to sort out. Yeah. Um, But they Um, need to gain some. Maybe they just need to gain some momentum again. That midfield isn't. Pogba hasn't looked great. Fernandez gets his penalties, but he gets his penalties and he's not really imposing himself on any other parts of the game. No. So, um, yeah, it's it's weird the the situation that they've got. You know, they brought in Telles, so that's a. I think that's a good move um, to get him in. And, you know, I mentioned that before. It, it gives you... uh You don't have to yeah. play Fat Luke Shaw anymore, so... Right. And, full, and fullbacks... Yeah, I gotta get... I think I think Fat Luke Shaw got me minus two on my FPL. If you want to get to that. Which is uh, not good. And no. we definitely don't. Uh, but tell fullbacks... The thing is, European fullbacks are always hard to gauge. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, you look at, like... One of the thing like that we you know we talked about with Chuck Booth uh, on our episode about Spurs was you know reg reg I think is it Regune? I heard I, like it was... I I heard region I've heard regalon I've heard I heard I... regun I think last time I was listening that, so that they sounds brought him like in. the most absurd pronunciation so well far. it's like the L was silent yeah I don't know. So, and, and half of the other letters were as well. <laughs> right. But there was a lot of talk about him because, I, I, you know, I, I'd heard a lot about him because Chelsea were potentially in for him if they didn't get Chilwell, and there was fans who wanted him instead of Chilwell, and they were pointing to his stats and stuff like that. It's like, well, you're looking at his stats. He's, in, he's playing for Sevilla. Like, if we rewind the tape, Emerson had, like, similar stats in Italy. You know what I mean? So once they come over here, it doesn't necessarily translate being a good attacking fullback and also being able to defend. So it's always interesting with Tell is Like, we'll see how his style translates to the the rough. Because I feel like you need to be better defender as a fullback in the Premier League. You need to be a little bit stronger. We'll see how that, that works. But yeah, it's, a, it's an, probably an upgrade on Luke Shaw. Does that solve the issues? No. no. But that gives you two... That's a... Wamba it has been pretty solid. You have Tells on the other side. Got to work out that middle part. Got to yeah. work out that middle part. Now, um, incomings on deadline day for Chelsea were quiet. Um, outgoings, it seemed like they wanted to get a lot of players out um, and really it didn't do it. Now, the transfer market is open still for, you know, between Premier League and EFL clubs. Um, right. I don't know how much that'll change anything there, but. Um, the, the deals for Chelsea away are uh, Bakayoko going back to Serie A, but not with Milan. He's joining Napoli on a loan. And uh, Ruben Loftus-Sheik staying in the Premier League, but uh, he will be heading to Fulham. Not Not far. He's going to stay in London, but um, Fulham with a a very good uh, midfield signing. Um, yeah, they'll, to, they'll, to, need, they'll need something. To help keep them up. Um, they also got in... Um, Joachim Anderson on loan from Lyon at at center back, so Champions League experience. Yeah. So maybe they won't finish twentieth. Maybe they will finish nineteenth. Nineteenth. So we'll we'll see how how that goes for for Fulham. But really, not much doing at uh, Chelsea. I am biased in this and saying that probably the biggest deal of the deadline. Um, I don't know if it's just a bias or if it's just the fact, but the Arsenal triggering the release clause of. No, Thomas that that Partey was that for, was the big that was the big deadline day deal was yeah, the Partey for for forty five million pounds from Atletico Madrid now, um, Lucas Torreira is going to Atletico on a loan, um, so that so that did go through. So he, so did go through there we was talk about so so the whole deal with Partey is, they told Arsenal all summer or all transfer window. I know that we're into October now. Um, They told him the whole time, we will not negotiate. He has a release clause. We are not taking anything but his release clause. And the whole thing about that is, you know, Arsenal maybe, even if they were willing to pay the same amount, would have liked to do it in installments. Atletico said no. No negotiation. You pay us 45 million pounds up front or you don't get the player. And Arsenal still did a deal with them with Lucas Torreira. Torreira had been in um, Madrid a day or two before. So that, that deal just hadn't been announced. Mm -hmm. Um, So then there was a a late rumor that Arsenal had triggered the release release clause and were pulling Torreira from from that loan and were trying to sell him permanently elsewhere, Um, which would have been very petty, and I would have loved that. But um, Atletico are reportedly furious with Arsenal for not notifying them that they were triggering the release clause for Thomas Partey because they don't have to the deal yeah. the deal is done the way things work in spain the deal is done with la liga so arsenal notify la liga and pay the spanish league uh, and yeah. then the la liga will then give the money to the club now also yeah. parte did not say anything to Give that. me a break, Atletico. Hey, we're not going to talk to you about yeah. anything. All, we're, not for gonna, months, for, for we're not even going to months. We're not going to talk to you. Negoti- we're not negotiating a deal with you. We're not talking to you about it. If you want to pay just that, just pay, pay it. it. Just okay. Pay so it. we'll just pay it. Oh, wait, why didn't you tell me you're going to pay it? Exactly. It's it's the most childish, ridiculous shit ever. And now, that will put the uh, the deal for Torreira in doubt next summer because there's a there is an option to buy for Terrera, um at twenty one million, and. Um, the relationship between the clubs is reportedly un- unrepairable or irreparable. English language tough mm-hmm. podcast yeah. communications degree tough irreparable. Um, so that'll be interesting to see uh, this time next year how that works is out. is has has Torreira kicked his last ball for Arsenal. I think so. Yeah, he's, I he's, think even if the move isn't made permanent to Atletico, it's going to be made permanent somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the timing, I don't know if it's the manager, I, the league. Um, he he started off pretty well and then kind of faded away, um, which is also he did that in a long term sense, but it's also what he seems to do in matches in the Premier League, where you know, first half he's looking good energetic and by like the 60th minute he's he looks like he's absolutely exhausted just the pace of play um yeah that's defended. honestly that's what makes it even more impressive of how like watching N'Golo Conte because mm-hmm. N'Golo Conte is everywhere and can go a full 90 and he doesn't look at, like because I feel like those were good not necessarily the same exact type of player but like when you guys got Torreira I was like oh this could be sort of that type of signing for yeah for you guys uh but that's yeah to run to completely run around the park and be everywhere and be energetic for a full ninety minutes. It's not easy. I mean, we played when we played uh, in that rec league or whatever. Yeah, the amateur league, league. It was like it was. We were thirty minutes into the first half, and I was you're like, like, "You're like, how much time we got left?" And the ref was like, "It's the twelfth minute." And that's that was me playing as a right back. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Um. So so that goes through. Um, and then Matteo Guinduzi left it late, but joins Thank um, God. Hertha Berlin on loan for the season in the Bundesliga um, with no option to buy there. That's just a, a simple loan. So uh, he will be back in the hands of Arsenal next summer. So we'll see what uh, what is done then. Yeah. Um, keeping with an Arsenal connection real quick before we move on to anything more important, although there's not much. Um, Jack Wilshere leaves West Ham. By mutual consent. So he is currently without a club. Um, and he said he's been fit for the past eight months or so. It hasn't been his yeah, fitness. The, it hasn't been injuries that have kept him out. It's been the manager. There have been, Yeah, there have been reports of, like, West Ham players being baffled by his lack of selection. Yeah. Um, you, so. you know, Declan Rice tweeted at him. You know, he was gutted. going to miss having you around. Um, right. But another Declan, player for West def- Ham, Felipe Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, Felipe he's Anderson, he's not Matt he he hasn't ruled out playing for West Ham again, but he's gone to Porto on loan because he doesn't agree with David Moyes, which well, they, is yes, completely is, normal. Yeah, well the thing with David Moyes, they have a lot of talented players. Like you can, you know, play in Felipe Anderson for a couple, you know, you know finally sort of get some continuity with those attacking flair players, stuff like that. But what West Ham need, especially what they've gone through, what David Moyes is looking for, they need people who are going to work hard, work for the team, just because, just because of how things have—it's it's sort of like that fighting for safety mentality that they seem to be in right now. They're not going to give it time to develop their their strong attacking play. They're just going. To, they're going to. It's going to be Mikel Antonio. Antonio will run around and terrorize back lines and just work really hard. Whereas you might not get that all the time for Anderson. And if he's not playing that well, it doesn't really work. So I think Moyes is always going to default to that. So it just doesn't work for some of these players. Uh, Share is a different story. That just feels. I don't know. I feel like. Uh, I was I was excited to see what he did for West Ham. We never really got to see it, um, at its full full potential, yeah. and yeah, it's it's wild what we've seen. What Mario Goza and Wilshere both twenty eight, deadline day, with no teams. Very weird. Uh, so especially though, for I mean, Gotze, considering he scored a winner in a World Cup final. Right. Um, yeah. Wilshere hasn't quite. Wilshere, yeah, like we're actually we're a couple of years removed from looking at Wilshere and being like, man, it sucks with all the injuries this guy had. Remember that game against Barcelona? Yeah, Uh, we're we're a bit removed from that. It is, yeah, with that huge moment for Goethe, It's it's crazy to see. It's crazy also just to see Germany and how different that that international squad is removed from winning that that World Cup. That goal itself. The, the man who assisted it retired retired yeah and the man who scored it is without a club and neither of them are at an age where that's the situation you'd expect them to be in yeah it's just totally I mean hey they had that moment they have they will always have that moment looking back I don't think they're gonna have too many regrets but I mean we'll see yeah I'm I don't know where what's next for either player. We'll, you know, specifically, we'll share as we're talking about the Premier League. but yeah. the, I, the rumor I heard um, was, and I don't know if there was any traction or if it was just someone kind of putting two and two together as, you know, this might be a good idea, but he could be heading to the championship and going back to Bournemouth. Because when they oh, okay. sent him on loan from Arsenal, that he was fantastic for that. Was yeah, capable. I forgot he played for Bournemouth. Yeah. yeah, he played the season on loan before he left for West Ham. For of- Where's Ryan Mason at? Did he get a move anywhere? Ryan Mason retired. Ryan Mason, not Ryan Mason. Who's the guy from Bournemouth? Ryan Fraser. Ryan Fraser. Ryan, yeah. Ryan Mason retired because of head left, injuries. The, the injury, yeah. Yeah, him and Gary Cahill clashed. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Ryan Fraser. Ryan Fraser is Ra- at Newcastle. Remember? Okay, yeah, yeah, oh, right. yes, yeah. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. We I, about a couple I, weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so why do you fucking pay attention when I talk, bro? I remember bro, why being though? mentioned. Fuck. Why? I remember pardon, being, pardon being excited Friday. about where he was at because yeah. we had talked about it. So much so that you thought he was a guy that retired. Yes, exactly that. Things uh, are unhinged, baby. I, if your name is Ryan Frazier, it might as well be Ryan Mason. Uh, I uh, completely agree. I have nothing to say against that. But yeah, that be that could be an interesting move, uh, you know, even if it's just to get him up to a level where he's playing consistently. To, uh, yeah, and he Yeah, like can go match to like, fitness, right? Yeah, and then, I, th- I think he is—he's still good enough to be playing Premier League football. Like he um, could he very easily be, you know, put him in that Aston Villa side, yeah. or you know, one of the these English clubs. You know, like depending on. Like you don't think that even with the signing of Ruben Re- Loftus-Cheek, you don't think that he could offer anything to Fulham? I, th- I think he'd be fine. Um, yeah. Now, the really, the only other deal that I have to um, point out, um, now, if you have something on your list to, to bring up, um, let's get into it. But the only other deal that I have to point out is the uh, Theo Walcott loan move back to Southampton almost 15 years after he leaves Everton. Full circle, yeah. baby. Yeah, Poor poor, <laughs> poor Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott goes to Everton. Because he wasn't good enough for Arsenal anymore, and now Everton. And now are Arsenal. Yeah, now Everton are good, and they're like, "Theo, you're not good enough for us." So he goes back to. It's a It's it's a very safe move. He's going back to a club that he's played for. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Southampton. Maybe we'll see him play a lot. You know, Southampton are heavily reliant on Danny Ings, uh, so they could use some some more help there. But I just don't know if Theo Walcott's going to do anything substantial for them. Yeah, um, we'll see how how he fits into that team. Um, listen, I I wish him the best. I I have myself a, a good old Theo Walcott jersey. I I really like the player. Um, he was one of the reasons. You know, I got into supporting Arsenal, um, you know, back in his early days when he was still that, that young prospect for England, he was unstoppable on FIFA because of his speed. Um, I don't know that he's quite hitting that same level now, but do you have any other uh, deals that you want to uh, point out or we? Uh... No, I mean, for transfer deadline day, I mean, like we talked about, you know, we did, you mentioned Ruben Loftus-Cheek. That's the biggest one that I'm probably going to pay attention to. Yeah. Just because I want to see him get more game time, see him be more relied on to see if he can get back to that level that he was at before that stupid game in New England. Yeah. Which uh, was to combat racism. Let's not go against why they played, but the well, fact yes. that they played in between the end of the Premier League season and before, on the, Europa turf. League, and before the Europa League final on turf. in Foxborough, Massachusetts. On turf, is you know pretty... the substance that Didier Drogba refused to play on. Thierry Henry only played on once because it was a it do was or his die final, play. Final final game in his career. In the, yeah. So like, don't play soccer on turf. Yeah. I I, I agree. But um, do you think that Ruben Loftus-Cheek will get back to the level that is required to be a Chelsea player, or do you think this is kind of um, he gets his loan move now and maybe. Uh, next summer he gets a permanent deal away um I know you don't want that to be the case but give, no I mean in, I'm, I'm incredibly optimistic with with that stuff uh, um, I think I th- this is his this is the turning point for him this is his last chance do or die do or die I think he does I I, I think I think he's going to play for Fulham. You know, I'm starting to... That... Hot take. Oh, my God. Um, That take is as hot as it could get. uh, Got to fade myself off, man. uh, But... Do you think he might even wear the white and black Fulham jersey when he plays for Fulham? He might wear the jersey, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh... Sorry. Oh, my God. I cannot believe it. Yeah. I am so looking forward to seeing this. I asked you if you think his career is going to be going the right way, and you tell me, well, he's gonna, he's gonna play, he's gonna play a lot. Uh, I I think the, the stuff around him has been sort of an overreaction. He played one game this season, didn't look great against Brighton, but like we weren't expecting to even see him until this season anyway. Yeah. Like we had the benefit of the lockdown. He, I mean, he didn't look that. He, he came in and had some decent moments post lockdown got an assist against crystal palace i just didn't think he was given enough time to be like all right let's get him. but but now and now with you know with all these new signings it's just he needs to be playing for him to get back it's a similar situation for kurt zuma horrible leg injury right and he's just now getting back to it exactly so the same thing at Arsenal with Hector Bellerin. Hector Bellerin now is looking really good. Last season, people were saying, oh, he's past it. It's like, these injuries, they take a long time to get back. And the same is going with Rob Holding. Rob Holding is starting to look much better um, this season than he was last because, you know, he, it's same thing. He had a lower leg injury, and yeah. those you you cannot just bounce right back. Like, those take a significant Amount of time, so um, we if will he keep stays, our eye on. If eye he him. stays healthy, I think yes. So you don't think. think in a year's time, on transfer deadline day when we're recording again, you don't think we'll be talking about RLC's move away from the bridge? No. All right. Well, That's the last. This is the last point I'm willing to say that. Though, yeah. if we're having yeah. the same conversation next time, I'll be like, he, he should probably right. go. Yeah, yeah, I got you. He is just a blue Danny Welbeck. Um, make he's, sure... He's a blue Jack Wilshire. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. of the injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, the blue Danny Welbeck has a funner has a ring to it. Yeah, Who yeah. won the transfer market? Is it is it even a question? Because they, they brought it up on NBC. And Tim Howard said Tottenham. Because Chelsea's guys have taken a little bit of, Not that Tottenham haven't had a good window. He's like, oh, Chelsea's yeah. guys have taken a little bit of time to gel... Uh I still think that's a little I I mean they're both on seven points. Like like they're they're level on points both teams. Uh we haven't seen Gareth Bale yet, but I also we haven't seen you know Hakeem Ziyech. You know, we're just yeah. getting everyone together. So Pulisic hasn't even been healthy yet, so like you haven't I know he's not a new signing, but like he's going he's to gonna make be, those players he, a lot better. Right, now, he's going to yeah him playing with Werner is going to be exciting. They so, like, made the most Really good signings, mm-hmm. but did they make the most important signing? Right, it's going to be about that it's, defensive midfield or even def- defense. Yeah, uh, I think the team that that probably made the most valuable signing to their club, it, James Rodriguez to Everton. is it's, certainly 100%. for instant impact, yeah. It's, they got him in, they got Allen in midfield, they got Ducore in midfield. Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those blue clubs that that are up there. Although mm-hmm. Spurs, I think, did have a really good window, and once we see Gareth Bale, um, I think, I think we won't be looking at Tim Howard with a confused Nick Young uh, face as much as we are right, right. now. Right, that's fair. Um, so, I think we. Uh, it's safe to say we can we can leave it at that. Um, but Everton, just, big question: just, Will just Everton? In? Yeah, so just we lead our off. mark, we're going to lead off um, next time around. We are going to take a one week hiatus. We're not going to do. I, I do not give a fuck about one the week nations paid league. vacation. I Hell do yeah, do not give a fuck about the nations league. Um, no, okay. I am not going to talk about any of that shit. We'll talk uh, after the next round of Premier League fixtures. Um, in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FootyAdoo and at Ilto Eight podcasts. Jared, take us home. As always, pardon our French.